Hello and welcome to Serious Vintage. I'm Jeff Mose. And I'm Nat Mose. Today we'll be talking about results from the Tuan Serious Invitational, including interviews from the scene and also discussions of food afterwards. We're here with Jerry Yang, who was uh, part of the Twan Series Open, he, or Twan Series Invitational. He was uh, sort of de facto tournament organizer at the time because he was the one running the DCI Reporter. He's been a longtime player in Cleveland, so we're happy to have him here. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so I've been talking to people afterwards. I, I think everyone felt that the Twan Series Invitational was just a fantastic event. I, I would have to agree. I think it really came <laughs> off. It came off perfectly, I would say. Um, yeah. Everyone had a really good time. Some people the, had too good of a time. That's true. I mean, part of having a good time and Tuan being a very gracious host was the amount of booze that was there on hand. And I mean, I got there at like 11 o'clock and I think you guys had already been drinking. Oh, yeah. For a little bit. Well, I wasn't there yet, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, people had started drinking already when I got there, and it's not like they ever stopped. Yeah. Oh, no. I think we started around, I want to say 10 or 10.30. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we didn't stop until at least 1 or 2 the next day. Yeah. 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 Wow. Because I was loose. there. I was there <laughs> at last call when they kicked us out of the bar that we went to after the restaurant. Right. That's yeah. because you were... um Double parked in front of the gay bar. Yeah, that's that's, that's exactly right. So, so wait, the, you guys went back to the gay bar? <laughs> so okay, well, this, this is a little bit. Uh, there's no denial here. I mean, <laughs> so after we went out to dinner, some of the guys wanted to go out to you know bar hopping afterwards, and some of us were like, we have drives, we have to get home. So some of us went back to Tuan's apartment to pick up our cars that were outside there, and Tuan lives next to Bounce, which is a dominant gay bar in the Cleveland scene. Dominant gay—that's a specific kind of. That's thing, like right? Japanese hard gay, but <laughs> it's it's pretty. I mean, it's it's a serious gay bar, and someone had parked like there's diagonal parking all along that front area, and someone had parked. Par- parallel parked behind me in the di- diagonal <laughs> parking so that I could not get out. And Jeff's, Jeff's rear was blocked. <laughs> entirely. There was, there was no escape <laughs> through the rear. Now, I just, I just kind of want to point out that we actually recorded this once before. We recorded the whole episode once before and we had to re-record it because Jeff didn't get everything. And this is taking a totally different track. It, it really is. It really um, is. Basically cool. the same with Jeff taking it in the rear. Right. Well, I mean, I know that's, that still happens. <laughs> so the upshot of it was that I ended up having to go and hang out with Tuan and the rest of the crew at the bar until last call when we came back and finally right. able to escape. That's but that cool. was, that's like the end of the night. The more important part of the night, that's right. when everything went bad. Let's talk about the vintage part. Yeah. <laughs> the, the vintage part and the drinking part and even the restaurant part, you know, all those went really well. Right. Um, I mean, we had, we had 18 people turn out. Yeah. And, and I think Did that it. we, what, what was the max we were, I think that, I don't think we would 24 want, was the max. Tron mm-hmm. was prepared for 24. I think that actually 24 would have been pretty tight in that area. Yes. It would have been pretty tight in the area. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, no matter how many people, the area was pretty tight. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> there were there were definitely some tight individuals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have premises. a bunch of dudes playing vintage, so the area is going to be tight, right? Right. Yeah. 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 So tight. <laughs> <laughs> I like the pacing of the tournament. I noticed that I was looking back at the Wizards event reporter rounds, logs, times, yeah. and the rounds all started and finished in less than an hour. Really? Whoa. It was surprising. Yeah. Uh, and we right. didn't like. I mean, we we misclicked half the the timing. You know, we had timers and stuff. Right. And uh, we didn't even get to time. I think, but uh, in two rounds. And then we, that enabled us to basically play all the Swiss rounds in less than one hour per round. Huh. That allowed us to have that little, um, round, round two, round three break for yeah. wonderful yeah, meat trays and appetizers. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, yeah. I know. That, I think that everything came off really well. One of the things that, that was great was that we could just sort of be like, Hey, let's have a break. Tuan had all this food on hand, like the, the meat tray right. and stuff that. And some appetizers for. Yeah, we could just, we could just. That meat tray is not a euphemism, right? No. Okay. Not in this case. Uh, not the, in this case. The other meat tray came later. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm really impressed though that we we were able to keep our all our rounds under an hour. That's really great. Yeah. Until the top four match when Sam was yeah. hammered out of his mind and spent. Well, that's about... what I was gonna say is that um I think top eight took almost as long as the entire Swiss rounds took. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised because. In the top four, the other match was done before Sally and Sam had finished game one. Because and Sally and Sam were playing Burning Long and Belcher, respectively. Yeah, yeah. That's not a match that should go to time ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. Well, I think, yeah. there, I mean, admittedly, there was time for Sam to have a Tom Collins made for him so that he could drink his Tom Collins before playing his match. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, priorities. Well, I can understand yeah. it. I was I yeah. was chastised when Sam like halfway through the match was like I need another drink and I actually like got him a, a bottle of scotch why? and, and why? Set it down I'm still kind of angry about that. Why'd you give him? So I, I brought a bottle of Glenlivet 15. Yeah, I, and yeah. Why would you hand? You had an array of other <laughs> drinks to hand him, and you had to hand him a 15 year old scotch. Yeah. I'm sorry. You could give him like uh, at that point a glass of water probably would have been just as Fiery as anything else. Better for him, in fact. <laughs> I'm like sorry, a Jerry. water with some sugar in it. <laughs> I just can't. This can't Tom Collins is great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as far as as far as metagame goes, we had mostly combo. It seems like because we had like yeah, there's a lot of combo. We had three Belcher players, two Burning Long players. That's already both of whom made top two. Yeah, yeah, and 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 two of the three Belcher players made top eight. Right. Actually, top four, didn't they? No. No, because uh, Sam, uh, Sam, Sam Randall, beat Randall in top eight. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, we only really had the three three workshop players. Yeah, and, only three workshop players. Uh, I know, Jerry, you played played one of them. You were playing Forge Masters, and the other two were playing Espresso Stacks? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tuan and Nam were both playing basically okay. the same same deck. Uh-huh. Which is funny, because Tuan played the Trinisphere even after we've had all those conversations about how he doesn't like Trinisphere. Did he make top eight? No. No. There you go. Nam did, (laughs) and he was not playing Trinisphere. That's That's definitive proof. This is why it works, this is why it doesn't. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, Tuan went back on his, on his, on his morals because he said that he expected a lot of combo and he, and he thought that the, the explosive power of Trinisphere 
would be better in, in sealing up the early game than the Yeah, well, he had, he had a metagame, right? But, yeah, um, I agree. Because I heard a lot of people who were metagaming against Shomps expecting yeah. a lot of Shomps, and they were not happy. Yeah, well, that's the that's the reputation that Cleveland has, but I think I think that's changing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think people... I think even even we have been talking about right. Ohio being the land of Mishra's workshops for longer than it's right. than it's, it's actually, actually been, been playing out. Yeah, because I, right. I I know the last several tournaments that I've gone to, um, I'll face shops maybe once a tournament, if that. Okay. I always am like super prepared for it. And it just never comes up. Yeah, well, you have to be still prepared for it because yeah, it'll still beat you if you don't, yeah, if yeah, you're totally. not ready for it. It's like but I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. But I know we we talked about this the first time we recorded where it was sort of a, we were trying to figure out what the Cleveland metagame overall picture is, and I think we did we sort of decide that it was a it's a very experimental metagame that people people generally like playing what they like to play, so it's not necessarily a. I think it yeah. ends up being uh, what you what did you call it Ohio style? Right? Yeah, Ohio yeah, style. It, it's 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 a transforming Ohio style metagame. Like I was talking to Jake after the tournament because he was playing red white hate bears and yeah. he made top eight. He was like, wow, you know, I mean, if I can play these terrible cards right. and make top eight or do even better than that. It would be insane if I actually played good cards. So he's like, I'm going to, you know, Play take a cards? look at blue and start playing blue because right. why shouldn't I be playing with the best stuff in the format? And right. so, I mean, I'm sure that he's going to bring his signature garbage aggro style to it and, and see what he comes <laughs> up with. But at the same time, I mean, it's it's something of a people come into this and they, they start somewhere, but they, they grow over right. time. I mean, Charles, Charles Rocco was playing Grixis. He started out as, as almost exclusively a dredge player yeah. and, and yeah. got he into played, shops for a while. He played dredge for like six months before switching yeah. to anything else. Yeah, yeah. And At I least. mean, I started out playing dredge in the long, long ago <laughs> before I dropped out. And then when I was coming back, I was like, you know, I just, just I want to play blue. I don't want to play <laughs> dredge anymore and right. make people hate me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, I started out on fish forever ago and then switched to Belcher for a long time, so. Well, Zach was playing your specific yeah. Belcher list, right? Yeah, and and went 0-5. Yeah, yeah, he had a terrible day, which is funny <laughs> because, I mean, it was the last Team Series Open that he yeah. was either top four or top two. Yeah, he died. Same deck? Yeah, 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 he crushed everyone. It was ugly. Yeah. Uh, and talking to him, and you'll hear this later in the interviews, he just could not get a break. I mean, he, he yeah. had a, he had a game where he, he wheeled and then memory jarred and just never saw an empty the Warrens or a Belcher, which is oh. statistically highly improbable. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's, that's there how it goes. Like I, that. mean, I yeah. definitely played that tournament as well. Yeah. I think Nat and I both, we were both playing well, you can talk about your experiences about not catching a break. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was playing the, the Vintage Restored list with the uh, Restoration Angels, Snapcasters, basically control list. You know, I, I won my first match pretty easily against Rob Delver, and then I played against Jason Perret, who was on Blue Red Land still, and he, in Game 3, after I won fairly handily in Game 1 and lost fairly handily in Game 2, he, uh, actually, I guess, Game two was pretty back and forth, and it was sort of even. And then in game three, he had five. He drew, drew and played five man lands in a row. Damn. <laughs> which it was the most aggressive land still matchup I've ever been a part of. And I was able to, I was able to um, swords two uh, mistress factories and disenchant one of them. Oh, nice. <laughs> and um, 
I just couldn't, you know, it was just too much aggro. Like, I could block with an angel for a little while, but he eventually just swarmed me with man lands. That's so. funny that the control deck was too aggro for you. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was just like he, he had all of his man lands at one time in successive turns. So it's just like, I, I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have, I don't have wastelands or strip mines or anything like that, so I, I couldn't remove them without casting a spell, basically. Yeah. It was rough, it was rough beats. <laughs> I'm playing a pretty similar list. Uh, yeah. We have a, a couple of differences, but I also didn't have the, the strip mine or the wastelands. I played against Jason Perret in that landstill list in, in round one, and both games he started out with first turn library of Alexandria, and I'm just like, Oh well. Welcome I'm, to the Jason Foray matchup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm, it's, it's do or die now because this yeah. game can't go long. You yeah. have to expect if you're playing against Paray that he'll have turn one library on the draw every time. <laughs> he knows it's restricted, right? <laughs> Someone I mean, should probably he's, tell him. He's familiar with that list, but we have. I don't think we, we did deck checks, so it's possible oh, he was packing ooh, it forward. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of deck checks, I mean, we have to talk, Jerry, about your experience because. I'm pretty sure that the list that you registered had four black lotuses and... Well, my list, my registered list was awesome. I had four ancestral recalls, four <laughs> tinkers, four black lotus. I actually think it did have four library of Alexandria, so it might not be that far off from Jason's. <laughs> um, but I, I was, my win condition was four Caravex torch. Ooh. So I had all the, I had the wheel of fortune you, and time twister combos. Did you have channel? Uh, yeah, four channel, of course. Oh, gross. Wow. It was very good. What was yeah. your tinker, tinker target? Jar. Memory jar? Memory jar. Okay. Yeah. Everything was draw sevens just to chain mana and then uh, Caravex Torch people. That seems good. Uh, I, I did that because I had uh, told Mark Trogdon, uh, I'd asked him to build me a deck to play at the tournament. Uh, I didn't want to take a look at it until round one, shuffling up for it. Yeah. So I had to register a deck list before the tournament, and so that's what I ended up registering and so that I could uh, go into round one blind. Yeah. Did you get a round loss in, in round two when they took a look at the... The deck lists? No, thankfully the guy, whoever was running Wizards Events Reporter, did not actually do any deck checks, so... Oh, wow. I, I just skipped nice by that guy. one. Yeah, it was real nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you end up playing, Jerry? I played uh, a version of Metalworker Staff with Forge Masters. Ironically, I never comboed off with Staff's Domination or Forge Master, so that I pretty much like, just played Lodestone Aggro. That, that sounds like the Jerry Yang method of playing a deck. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you, you have a deck that has a solid game plan, and then you take its backup plan. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, I can only play with what I draw, so. Okay, i got to say that, that the Lodestone Angro game plan is it's not probably better than the Forge Master <laughs> yeah. plan. Yeah. Um, I want 3-2, so it's good enough to go 3-2, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, re- I remember losing to you. Yeah, well, you know, turn one, uh, Tundra is always good against turn one Lodestone, so. Hey, you had turn one wasteland. That was well, the problem. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Turn one wasteland and then turn two, uh, rip right. the workshop loadstone. Yeah, good. see? I mean, your rip off the top is better than mine, which was <laughs> not a land. <laughs> that's what funny. Was... Um, I think that I remember talking to Jason Perret, actually, who had, uh, after he had recently come back from a trip out west, and he said it was really weird playing Magic in not Cleveland because people in not Cleveland will lead with turn one non-basic. Whereas in Cleveland, he never sees that. Yeah, you always open with the fetch land just in case, or (laughs) you lead with your first island so you can still fetch for your second one. Yeah. I I don't even know if that's important anymore. Um, It doesn't sound like it if there were only three workshop players in the game. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, like, there were still fish players, and I mean, Paré's definitely playing Wastelands. You don't only have to worry about 
playing non-basics against against jobs. Right. Well, I mean, the tournaments are small enough that you usually know what the uh, what your opponent's playing by round two or three. Anyway. Also, can I just say that I really like the fact that there is a power trade-off in being greedy and playing non-basics? Because, like, just talking about modern as a format where non-basics are just almost exclusively not punished, that just blows my mind. Yeah. And, like... If the format didn't have Wasteland in it, I would feel like it was really missing something. Mm. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine being able to play, like, turn one Ancestral Recall, turn two Meddling Mage off of just anything you wanted? I mean, yeah. that happens anyways, I suppose. But. It, it does, but at the same time, you can get totally screwed if your opponent has the Wasteland and just knocks you down there. Right. And that's important. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's especially important when you think about the possibility of, you know, multiple wastelands in a row and being able to hit your first two or three land drops with the wastelands. Yeah. Just see what happens from there. I've definitely made that opening in workshop, playing workshops before, because it's some blue decks just aren't prepared for it. Oh, yeah. So after the tournament, while we were waiting for the top eight to play out, one of the big issues that we had was trying to figure out where we were going to go to eat after the tournament. Wait, oh, before yeah. we go to eat, we should <laughs> talk about the prize support. Oh, and how okay. exciting it was. Yeah, actually, Juan's introduction to the term is on YouTube. I'll, uh, I'll link that in the, the article. But <laughs> he, he discusses the prize support there. Yeah. I think what's interesting about that was the day before Friday when Jim right. and Sally got in from Wisconsin and Sam came up from Columbus, <laughs> uh, we sat down at uh, Tuan's place just to, you know, basically take a look at what he had. And uh, Tuan found out all the cards that he wanted to give out, and we were just blown away by just how much... He had in price support and how much the uh, cards were worth now in comparison to what they had been worth just even two, three months ago. And so we finally talked him down to the price support that he gave out. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I I was taking, I was tweeting pictures of the price support, which was, let's say we had a Mox Ruby and a Mox Emerald for first and second. Yeah. And then two forces each for third and fourth, and then a choice of a volcanic or a tundra for fourth through eight, for fifth through eighth. The people on Twitter were like, wow, where is That's this tournament going on? People were really yeah. psyched because, it, I mean, it, it sort of drove home the point to me that there are just not a lot of well-prized supported tournaments going yeah. on in the United well, States I, right now. Well, especially for vintage. Right. I yeah. think that's been part of it is we've, we've been trying to figure out I mean, well, we have been discussing as Team Serious trying to figure out what, what the right balance is between prize support and entry fee. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think most of the, you know, small or well, most of the mid-level tournaments that, you know, happen once a month or once every other month or whatever, those end up being in the 20 to $25 entry fee range and then they give out cash. So it usually ends up being like 100 for first and then what, 60 to 80 for second. Yeah. Third and fourth get their money back, maybe a little bit extra, that sort of thing. Yeah. But this one, uh, obviously, Twan stepped it up, and we had a $50 entry fee, which allowed him to give away uh, the two moxes plus forces plus duels down through top eight, which I think made a big difference. Like, people were excited to play for that, and obviously, we're, we're seeing that elsewhere, too. I know um, Nick Detweiler is going to be having his big uh, Power 9 tournament or Power 8 tournament in uh, in June, I think. And that price support looks really good. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's it's uh, impressive. I haven't seen that. What's what's the offering for that? I think it's a uh, top eight drafts the power nine or the draft uh, power eight. Not exactly sure, but uh, so he's got power for top eight, all through top eight, and then uh, um, some other stuff going beyond that. I think um, nice. His entry is a hundred dollars. 
Oh, wow. So, but I know that's sort of in transition because of some of the developments around Gen Con not having vintage champs this year. So he's trying to see if he can provide a little bit more and host a few more people. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure where that's going to settle out. It's just going to. That's that's what it is now. Yeah, I can't get onto TMD right now, so I'd yeah, check with the <laughs> prize supporter. Right, but like I said, it's you know the, the important thing is that you know, top eight gets a piece of power each. Um, oh yeah, and that's that's obviously a big deal. I mean, the, the, the problem with that is that if you have a limited number of people, you're like he's restricted to charging a hundred dollars a person so just to cover himself. Yeah, I, I it's, it's really cool to have the big prizes that really right. get a lot of attention and get people really excited because uh, I right. sort of feel like that's been sort of missing because I think people come down. I mean. It, it can cost a decent amount to do the driving and sure. and all the other ancillary costs associated with attending a tournament. And right. to just walk away with maybe a little bit more than the money you invested if you, if right. you win or come in second, then that's not easy. Right. And I know we've, we've talked about it before, too, that in Ohio, well, playing in Ohio and playing in Michigan, that sort of thing, we had that. There were a few tournaments that would offer a piece of power as first place, but really no prize beyond that or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just cash. And and there were a lot of times where you would come down to top eight or top four or whatever, and they would split because nobody wanted to go away with nothing. And as a result, we were playing for the same mocks for months in a row. Yeah. Well, I think I re- we did that at RIW for like a, an yeah. entire year. Well, yeah. I, I mean, there was that Hero Zone tournament where it was for a Mox Ruby, and everyone was like, all right, play it out this time. And yeah. and I lost to Brain yeah. in the finals. He got the ruby, and I got enough store credit to get a vampiric tutor. Yeah. Oh man. I'm I'm surprised you got that vampiric tutor. I would have expected <laughs> like a handshake. <laughs> so that's a bit heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like we're balancing the prize support. Yeah. It's just a. I, it's so hard to do because you're you need to make sure you cover yourself so you're not hemorrhaging money every tournament mm-hmm. and you still want to have something big enough that it draws people so on the plus I, side i mean <laughs> i know that as as jerry was saying that tuan still has a lot of stuff that right. can be offered up as future prizes so right this will not be the last yeah and right. i think what's nice is that we'll have as a as a group we can pull together enough right Price support to be able to keep this continue continuing on for at least the near future. Yeah, right. I, I think two or three of us could go in on price support and you know each pay out about a hundred dollars and try and get what money we can back or something like that and still try and do something similar to, uh, <laughs> to have more of these every year. Because I don't think a Twan Series Invitational is going to happen every month, but it'd be nice to have it happen quarterly or you know. Yeah, I think we were thing. trying to figure out if it would be better for it to be like a yearly event or a right. twice a year event. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you could you could probably do it three times a year and just have the third one be Gen Con or something like that too, or have the fourth one be Gen Con. Oh yeah, I see. But yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of options. Obviously, things are open, and we're all still talking about it and hoping that vintage will continue. <laughs> but then one afterward. The, yeah, I was gonna say. Um, speaking of vintage continuing, um. I was really surprised to see that article that got linked um, by Jake earlier in the week that said in 2011, uh, Wizards said, said that there were 12 million players for Magic. Yeah. And that is a huge number, right? Like, I, I can't imagine Vintage being a very significant portion of that player. Yeah, we were we were estimating, what, a thousand players? Yeah, worldwide. That sounds yeah, about right. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably somewhere around that might be a little bit more or less, but a thousand seems like probably about right. I mean, even if you well, said 
Like 2,000, I mean, right. what's that compared to 12 million? Right, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> We're still talking about really small numbers. <laughs> right. But in any case, yeah, so the tournament, I thought, went off really well. I think um, the pacing was great. I think it, the top eight did drag a little bit, but I think that was more a factor of the alcohol than the right. tournament. It, yeah. I, <laughs> man. <laughs> Damn. I like that when we get to the alcohol, it's just like... <laughs> well, there was a couple interesting things that started to happen as the night progressed on and people got more and more drunk. Did, right. did, did, oh. you, like, did you like Nat and all of the people who were playing Cube Draft and Nat just Shouting sitting around cube going, Cube! Cube! So loud. And I think uh, Nat and Sam tried to count together at some point. <laughs> we were trying to figure out what they were counting, and I really have no idea. And it's funny, because... Because I, I, like, took a picture of that and then went out to the hall to, to tweet it because I had to go, in order to tweet, I had to go into the stairwell because Tuan's subterranean dubstep den blocks <laughs> all electronic transmission. It's a Faraday cage. I don't know if you realize that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and apparently Nat had some amazing fall in the kitchen that I told him. Oh, it was real good. Although he did pop up very spry-like, like almost ninja-like. It's, it wasn't funny. my first time here. Like, <laughs> I've fallen down drunk before. <laughs> My assumption was that we are counting, or we were counting storm, but we were probably discussing Belcher. I think you guys were just trying to count personally. <laughs> but I don't know, I, I, I mean, I don't need to demonstrate that all the time. Like, sure, sure, yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, there was, um, it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah. It what was you a, remember was a good time. <laughs> well, Man, is there worse stuff that I didn't remember? I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't know what happened with you when you weren't playing Magic, I suppose. I, 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 I pretty I much just tried to stay playing Magic so that nothing <laughs> bad happened to me. Nat, Nat was playing his cube, and he was just looking at his lands and just <laughs> cracking up laughing. I can, I can tell you why that was. It was because I had drafted a blue deck, and I had accidentally shuffled uh, my sideboard into it. So I would be playing this blue deck, and I'd just be hilariously dumbfounded as to why I was drawing, like, mountains and red cards. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, why is, why are you here? <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's the, the challenges that you go through I, when you're playing cube. I find that uh, during tournaments, especially in between rounds or after the tournament or before the tournament, one of my favorite things to do is to play pickup vintage games with people I haven't played with ever or in a long time. Uh-huh. And it was real fun to be able to play a couple pickup games with Nam because he's both him and I have been gone from the magic scene for a while. Oh yeah. So you yeah. guys were both playing like two thousand nine style. Oh yeah, it was real good. We <laughs> <laughs> didn't know what any of the new card did, it was real good. Nice. Yeah, Nam was pretty depressed after he dump trucked himself out of Huh. Top four, I think it was. Yeah, top four. And yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy basically said, I didn't think I was gonna win that, and then Nam found a way to make like a half dozen play mistakes in a row. Oh. And <laughs> gave it to me. Well, wait, so, what happened? I didn't, I mean, okay, I don't remember seeing that. But <laughs> you know, I'm not actually sure. Oh, I know that one of the things that Nam did was play a smokestack past the turn, and when it came back to him, he just drew a card. Didn't ramp oh! the stack. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That seems real bad. Yeah, it is real bad.
After the tournament, we, we couldn't figure out where we wanted to go because we had more than a dozen rowdy, drunk dudes trying to yeah. find a place to eat. From where we were by Tuan's house, it, it's tough to find a place that, because most of the places are small, like, niche eateries that uh-huh. can't support, you know, a table for 14. Right. Um, or I, well, we had 13, right? Yeah, we had 13. And so we, we wanted to try to go to Market Garden, but by the time we got there, I think it was like 10 or 10.30. Yeah, it was 10.30. Uh, yeah, and it was just, there was like a, a gaggle of people outside waiting to get in, so we were definitely not getting in there. Thankfully, Carefree knew the hostess, I think, at Barcento across the street, and was able to get us a seat for a, thir- or a table for 13 in like, I want to say 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Yeah, it was awesome. That guy totally <laughs> came through, and it was great. No, what you what you eat at Barcento, Jeff? I had the uh, the margarita pizza, which is now, is that with tequila and salt? <laughs> no, no, that's the fairly stereo. It's it's like the very generic Italian yeah. style pizza. It's oh. just actually no, I didn't have I didn't have it because I had it with the house sausage on it, which was oh, sausage. yeah. Um, because we were making big sausage peaches <laughs> jokes. <laughs> so, so I have to say that it was kind of, it was a real drag because we got seated at like 1040 and the waiters slow boated us on drink orders and stuff until 1105 and then told us that the main kitchen shut down at 11. So we couldn't order off the entree menu. It was just pizzas and appetizers. Did, did he actually just tell you gotcha or was no? Like- <laughs> no, we, we, we inferred that. And uh, he said, no, was... sorry, you can't. The kitchen closed at 11. And we were already like, man, this guy's taking a long time to actually get around to our order. I'm pretty sure he just nice. didn't want to shove through uh, 13 different 13 orders, orders at 10.50, you know? <laughs> Still. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. the pizza was good. It It definitely reminded me of being in Italy for two weeks and eating nothing but pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was the exact same style, taste. They recreated it very well. I had the uh, ramp pizza, being that the only thing that was available was either pizza or appetizers. I didn't find that to be too memorable. I think, actually, the standout pizza was uh, I got to have a slice from Sam's breakfast pizza. And that had bacon and a sunny-side-up egg and black pepper, and it was actually um, fairly flavorful. You said that the breakfast pizza was sort of mixed because there were some bites that had a lot of pepper and some that didn't have any, right? Yeah, I mean, I was I was a little disappointed that it wasn't more uniformly put together. Right. I mean, after after thinking about it for a couple of days, I think that that at least is better having you know a mix of flavor, uh, like the flavor blast, let's say, of black pepper. Right. Uh, <laughs> having those mix that that mix is better than not at all. So yeah, you would describe the pizza as flavor blasted. Oh, yeah, blasts, left and right. Flavor-blasted goldfish pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. Yeah, that, that that actually sounds sounds okay. I know the, what other kinds of pizzas did they have. Did they have anything else that was interesting? Jimmy got the arugula pizza, which we both were kind of disappointed in, in that mm. the arugula wasn't very flavorful because it was put on underneath the cheese and then cooked. So, ah. you know you know how arugula gets when you cook it. Like, it just sort of dries up and wilts away. And then, right, yeah. You know. So it's more texture from. Gustin got a uh, meat and cheese tray. Like a, I, I like did a hear the charcuterie uh, was enjoyed by everyone who had it. Yeah, it, it was apparently really good. Cool. I, I I can't speak to it myself because I yeah, don't have any. I mean, I'm assuming just various cured meats and cheeses. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's nice is that Cleveland is the home city of Michael Ruhlman, who basically is the 
guy who brought back charcuterie to the United States. Uh-huh. At least the current charcuterie movement in the fancy restaurants or fancier restaurants. Uh-huh. And wow. um, so I think Cleveland restaurants take a little pride in having a decent charcuterie spread. I see. Um, I, I heard the knockout of the charcuterie was the duck. Ah. Yeah, Jack, he was really, really excited about that and was treasuring every piece of that that he had. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat duck. Yeah. It's the master of three elements. How can you it's, expect him? That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> they can fly, swim, and waddle around. So. It's, it's, it's quite impressive. Well, that all sounds pretty good. So what happened at dinner? I, I didn't, I wasn't able to go to dinner. Like we <laughs> had, to, had to head back to Columbus anyway. Well, have you seen the, uh, the the picture that was I've, up on Facebook. I've seen the pictures. I know you guys had the uh, had the optimal number to do the Last Supper. Yeah, photo. not not everyone got that memo, so it's sort of a mixed bag. And we have <laughs> we have one that is just sort of like a dark blurry photo, and then yeah. one with a different camera where it looks like everybody is charging eye lasers and about <laughs> to blow out the cameraman. When, yeah, and it looks like some of you were doing the. Um, Last Supper thing, and some of you were just doing wrestling poses. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with wrestling. No, it's fine. <laughs> wrestling at the awesome. Last Supper, though, much yeah. better. So, so you guys went went out to a bar afterwards. Yeah. So, we, so after all of this, all day drinking. I mean, you can't you can't just stop drinking after hour thirteen well, no, or twelve. No, that's, that's right. It was hilarious because Sam, obviously, as we said, spearheaded this movement. Was, was super <laughs> hammered, and he kept on ordering beers. And as soon as he was cogent enough to drink again, he would just chug a few more beers until he no longer could. <laughs> and this continued on until like until we got thrown out of the bar. Not really thrown out, but you know, like it last slows. Call. It's, it's time it's to close. Last call. Yeah. yeah. Which which is funny because I I had to tell Tuan that I had never actually been at a bar until last call before, so that was a first for me. Well, there you go, hanging out not, with the with I team did not serious. Spend a, a lot of time in bars. It's a whole new experience. Serious <laughs> experience. We I I don't think we we mentioned though that the Tuan serious Invitational was a formal dress affair, and it was really cool. I mean, first of all, I really enjoyed the formal dressiness of it. It was a good time. But with 13 guys walking around Cleveland just in suits and ties and stuff. That was a good time. Yeah, we got a lot of stares, but we also, I mean, we rocked it, and it was great. (laughs) (laughs) I always think that's an interesting way to go about it, because it does, I I think there are some people who play differently because they're in nicer dress. You think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it's like impart confidence or something. Yeah, I think so. I think it does. I definitely feel different when I'm wearing a suit. Right. So you're saying it affected your tournament performance. Uh, I wouldn't like <laughs> to say that because my tournament performance well, was terrible. It yeah. might. Have. I mean, maybe you just shouldn't ever wear a suit. Fair enough. Maybe that's true. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it affected it negatively because yeah. you went one in four like I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is nice though uh, to have everyone. Um, I think it just classes it up, I suppose. It makes gives you a more vintagey feel, maybe. Yeah. I know. Well, I, I know we've always talked about that. It's the you know this vintage atmosphere. I mean, hence the dressing up, hence the scotch and that beer. Hence the. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, we're we're looking for you know felt tables and monocles here. Right? <laughs> also, we were really hoping that the police would bust in due to a noise problem, and we would have to explain to them why we were eighteen guys dressed in suits <laughs> playing a card game while drunk. Yeah. It's a party having to do with citrus fruit. Um, <laughs> you can look us up online. <laughs> I like that we had so many different scotches there. 
I think what was it like six or seven different sketches? Yeah, it was it was truly something. Can you give us a rundown, Jerry? Because I I'm not a I mean I enjoy scotch apparently, but um, <laughs> I, I'm not an expert by any means. I think if we if we keep it at a looser interpretation and just do whiskeys with or without the e, okay. um, we had a whole bunch. We had the oh bullet, yeah the bullet rye and the bullet normal whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. And then we had of the scotches we had uh, Cardew. I think that was like a eight or a ten uh, year. The Glen Morangi, and then I had the Glen Livid, and then um, Carefree brought the Jameson. Uh-huh. Uh, so we had a good range of either single malt and right. or blended whiskeys, which is actually kind of neat uh, to be able to. Because I know by the time Jeff got there, I had tried almost all the sketches. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to be able to uh, like have direct side by side comparisons right. of all these different scotches, whiskeys was- in general. Yeah, what was your favorite, and what would you recommend? Oh, well, I mean, for me, I'm biased because I like I brought the Glenlivet 15, Glen and that's right. like my favorite special occasion scotch. Um, ah, uh-huh. I think it's smoother and less uh, acidic uh, and smoky and burny. Yeah, I, um, I I started with that one, so I have a pretty good memory of it. It was, it was definitely <laughs> as you described. Yeah, I, I think it's just more conducive to a long-term sipping drink versus right. like a short shot and or, you know, one hour drink. Right, yeah. We're, we're definitely not drinking for just an hour at this point. We're, we're definitely going in for the long haul. So. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone starts at, starts drinking at 10 a.m. and is like, I'm only going to be drinking a short time here. <laughs> I'll be done by noon this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was very good. Actually, one of the things I tried for the first time on uh, at the tournament was the one that was recommended on your last podcast, I think your last or the last second to last podcast, the Ransom Gin. Oh, okay, yeah. And that was yeah, actually... Yeah, I know uh, Chapel likes that one. Yeah, it was delicious. I actually, yeah. I normally don't drink gin because I don't like the taste. It seems to have like a medici- that's, medicinal... That's active. just prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this Ransom Gin, I had, I must have had, what, three or four glasses of it, just straight? No. You were drinking it straight? Oh, yeah, it was delicious. Oh, wow. Okay. That's I think intense. what's interesting about the ransom gin that I remember is it tastes you could actually taste the juniper and that was very upfront without any of the medicinal aftertaste. So that was oh, okay. so you still got the, the the sort of piney juniper taste without without yeah. getting the, the gross parts to go with exactly it. without the pine salt, you know? Right, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. You could always chase it if you miss that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could mix it. I could just wash my glass in pine salt. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, I think we can we can sort of move on now. The, the big thing about this tournament was that we got recordings with all of the players except for Jeff. Yeah, so, unfortunately, I didn't interview myself because that would just sound really dumb. Yeah, Why not? You Don't you you know question yourself or interview yourself every day? If you'd been uh, drinking, you would have done it. Constantly, <laughs> but I don't share those with other people. I think uh, I think we can go on and uh, we'll play for you the rest of the interviews with the players. Uh, these will be in order. Is it last to first you're doing? Yeah, yeah. We'll start out with 18th with, with Zach playing Belcher, and then we'll go all the way to Sally at first with Burning Oath. Yeah. So, so enjoy listening to those. And they're totally out of order too. So, I mean, you're going to hear spoilers at different moments and, (laughs) and it's sort of like Memento where you're just trying to figure out in what order the story actually happens. Right. Wasn't there a literary term you had for that? Discombobulation? No, I think you had a a literary term for spoiler alert. Foreshadowing. Yeah, that's foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. There you go. It's not spoilers, it's foreshadowing. Nice. Thank you.
I'm uh, Zach Shaw, Bad as a Man on the Team Series forums. And you are playing today? I'm playing the Namu Special Goblin Charbel shirt. And how's that one going for you? I won four. I have won zero games. That's so really unjust. <laughs> yeah, so um so what made you decide to play Belcher today? Um I was really lazy and didn't sleep up another deck. Also, everyone else has been saying they've been playing Belcher because they can drink and yeah, play Belcher. Well, that's true. Like I've, I've drank much more than I probably thought I would have <laughs> if I was playing a combo deck or something mm-hmm. legitimate. Mm-hmm. So what's been going wrong? I have done so many wheel effects and seen nothing relevant. So it's just a bad day in terms oh, yeah. of the, the wheel of fortune? The wheel of fortune, yeah. I've, here I've, on the bottom. I wheeled into a memory jar and I dug something like 30 cards in a matter of five turns and saw not a Empty the Warrens nor Goblin Shark Belcher. That's rough. Do you feel like um, you're not being aggressive enough in mulliganing? Oh, no, I'm being super aggressive in mulliganing. <laughs> That's also not working out no, for you? The deck just doesn't work today. What have you, pl- what have you played against? Um, round one was Burning Tendrils, played by Solly. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just kind of woke me uh, <laughs> all over last Friday. Round two was the Mirror, because there's three Belcher decks here. And round three was uh, Drug Delver, and round four was actually Jeff Mose with, huh. with Fancy Resto myself. Angel. Yes, <laughs> yes. Constituting my uh, my first wins of the game at the last at the last table. So now you beat me. You yeah, beat the, it's pretty good. The longer in the winners winners bracket. We found who was weakest. <laughs> it's Belcher. <laughs> I guess so. The, the other Belcher decks seem to be doing okay. Yeah, Randall is piloting a, a black version that's um doing he's doing okay. I think he's like three and one now. Uh-huh. Um, and then I don't know what Sam because I know he's piloting one, but I don't know what his record is. Yeah, that's all good. And then there is the one Dredge player, Caffrey. Yes. I don't know how he's doing. Uh, he has a bottle of Jameson next to him at all times. We were battling last round, so he gave me and, and he beat me. Yeah. So, but uh, he is, no, he was 1-1-1. One, one, one. That makes him 1-1-1. One, one, one. So now so, he's probably like 2-1-1. One, one, yeah, if he, can, if he can win out, he might have a chance. It's pretty, so far, it's been pretty fun, though. Yeah, it's been a great time. Looking forward to anything for dinner? Um, I don't know. I've never been to Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> the Cleveland people always have lots of answers for this question that everyone else is like, oh, I don't know. I've never been to Cleveland. Ask the Cleveland people. Yeah, I'm going with them on this. Um, there's a lot of booze, though. Yeah, so yeah. That offsets whatever I may be eating. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, well, thanks for talking to me. Thank you. And who might you be? Uh, I'm Nat Mose. I'm one of the hosts of Series Vintage, periodically. Fancy running into you here. So what, so Weird. What are you playing today, Nat? Uh, I'm playing Vintage Restored, which is a uh, blue control deck with Restoration Angels as a finisher. I didn't realize it was called Vintage Restored and I'm playing the deck. Well, it's, I mean, you call it whatever you it's want. It's a catchy title. It's blue control with uh, Restoration Angels. And how has it been going for you? Uh, so far, I'm one and two, so I think if I win out at this point, I can still potentially make top eight, but like I said, potentially. What'd you lose against? So far, I've left it, lost it to Landstill and Burning Oath. That's pretty rough. Uh, it seems like this should actually have a decent matchup against Burning Oath. Uh, it should have a decent matchup against pretty much everything, but... Just didn't work out that way? Some things don't work out. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's always a little bit of right. variance. I mean, I mean, against my... Uh, Landstill opponent, who is Jason Perea in games, in game three, he drew three, uh, sorry, five of his man lands, which, uh, I was able to remove two of them and block a couple with Restoration Angel, but he still was able to swarm me with the rest, so, uh, um, wasn't able to pull it out against him. And, um, against Mike Salamafi, who was playing Burning Oath, I beat him game one, and in game three, he 
wheeled me into a force of will, a restoration angel, and five lands. <laughs> um, and he did give me another turn, and I did get a mana drain, uh, which I used to force of will, but after that I was pretty much dead. So um, he had way more threats than I had counters at that point. That's how that deck works. Pretty rough, yeah. Yep. What'd you win against? Uh, I won against... What did I win against? They all just fall by the wayside, not very memorable. It, oh, I won I won against Alec Kappas playing Rub Delver. Really? How'd that matchup go? That matchup is a lot of fun. I would play that matchup many more times because it's so much fun. It seems like, I mean, Restoration Angel is pretty good in that matchup, <laughs> along with Rest in Peace. Restoration Angel is tits in that matchup. <laughs> <laughs> it blocks Delver and doesn't get hit by lightning bolts, and it's just really hard for him to deal with. I beat him 2-0, I think, and in game two, I surgical extractioned his Delvers and pretty much won big. Well, not necessarily based on that, but he didn't have any other good threats against me, so I won easily. Go for it. Are you drinking scotch out of the mug? Where liquor in a mug warms you like a hug. Happiness is just a flame level way. It's not really like I mean, actually, the, the liquor is kept cold by this mug because I have this handy handle that doesn't make my liquor warm. Oh, Fancy that. All right. That's Here, pretty cool. That's, that's the uh, hot, serious vintage tip for the day. Cool. Drink your liquor out of a mug because it has a handle. <laughs> <laughs> Did you run in the surgical extraction again? Yeah. Well, um, oh, against both Alec and against Landfill, I was boarding out a force of them because my theory is, or my feeling is, that they're not going to do anything on turn one that I'm going to want to counter. Oh. And I would rather counter something with a one-to-one trade than a two to one forcible trade. So I mean against Alec it worked out and against Landfill I guess it didn't, although he was playing land that I couldn't counter. Um so yeah, I guess against Alec my sixtieth card, so to speak, was Force of Will and well was between Force of Will and uh, surgical extraction. So I probably in the surgical extraction and was able to hit him with it. Yeah. And he later resolved or he later played uh Mystical Theater, which I let him resolve and then played Fatcaster Mage, starting my surgical extraction in an attempt to have him shuffle his deck and nice. put his Ancestral Recall somewhere else in his library rather than on top. Uh, didn't end up mattering, ended up beating him anyway. Glad to have that rather than forcible all the time. So, there we go. Cool. Sounds good. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. I will be on the next episode of Serious Edition. See you then. <laughs> so, who are you? I am Matt Hazard. Alright, Matt, what did you play today? I had Noblefish. What made you decide to play Noblefish today? I had played it a few years ago and felt comfy with it, and uh, thought it might have had some use against what everybody be bringing here. What were you expecting people to bring? Uh, shops. Did you play against shops? Because no. I think there were only a two shops no, players didn't here. Play any shops. We we actually ended up being real combo, like three belchers. Uh, three really wanted to play Dredge. And oh. I thought, oh, that's great. Let's yeah. Come here and masturbate with our friends. <laughs> um, then I played. Uh, let's see, Belcher. Oh, well, just the blur. The red white guys in top eight. Oh yeah. Uh, the very last one I played in there. What was your record? Uh, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, one three one. Hey, that's better than mine. Drew with the dredge. <laughs> you, that's real neat. How did you manage that? Well, I lost the first game. Got a rest in peace out early. The second game beat him. And then the third game, got a rest in peace out, but couldn't draw my dudes. Wow. Oh. Oh. Yeah. What else What else went wrong over the course of the day? 
Uh, well, against the red-white guy, I did have every colored mana-producing land in play. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I think that's cool. I could have hard-cast Whitesteel if it were in my deck. <laughs> and he was at two. And then he top decked the Stone Forge and well, they could put Oh, oh yeah, okay. What'd you win against? Uh, Net had, uh, blue. He had Tinker, Mystical Dream, Forest, Restoration Angel. Did your deck have a hard time with Restoration Angel? Not when I play Gitaxian Probe and then drop a Meddling Mage on Restoration Oh, Angel. nice, nice. All right. What if you do have a Trigon Predator, and if, I, if it's pumped, if it's exhausted. Oh, yeah, okay. So I'll roll over it. It says hi to it. Yeah. Uh, what have you been drinking? <laughs> I'm asking everyone. I'm not saying you're hammered. <laughs> I'm driving back. I got two hour drive in front of me, so this is just a cup of cola. What have you been drinking earlier? Or have you been uh, staying out of the sauce? I haven't had any sauce. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. Are you, uh, are you sticking around for dinner or are you heading back? No, I'll be hitting the road soon when we watch somebody's, uh, top eight. Alright. Well, we're gonna miss you and thank you for coming and thank you for talking to me. And who might you be? Uh, hi, I'm Eric. How's it going? Hi, Eric. Caffrey. Yeah. Yeah. So, what have you been playing today, Eric? Uh, I been playing Dredge. So you were that guy. Yeah, I was the one you, guy. You know, even Jerry didn't play Dredge. I know. Today. Yeah. It's no, none of the three people that were thinking of playing Dredge. I was the only one out of the three that played. Wow. Who's that? Jeez. All right. So I, I, every said that. But everybody else played Belcher. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. At least I'm giving people turns, so, right? Um, did you decide to play Dredge because of a metagame decision, or did you just like I'm gonna I, play Dredge? I've been playing Dredge for a long time. Like, yeah. there's there's nothing. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. There's I don't have the cards to play anything else, and nothing really piqued my interest. I was kind of interested in a gut in a regrowth deck, but I couldn't really make the numbers work out the way I wanted it to. So. Well, how'd you do? Bad. How bad? Uh, my only win was to use scooping to me. So well, you know. I drew in the first you, round. You drew. That's why I scooped. Two you. tournaments in a row. Two team series tournaments in a row. How do you do that with Dredge? Like, I mean, I used to do that with Dredge back when my Dredge took forever to play. Yeah. Because it was before they printed all the Dredge cards. Yeah, because before they printed good Dredge cards. That's that's uh, really interesting. I don't know. I the one draw was against the rest in peace, and I just. He had rest in peace and five lands, two of them were wastelands, and then I just... You, you seem pretty depressed about rest in peace when I was playing so against you. It's, it's so it's, tough to play. Because all of, all of the answers that Dredge heads are all like, once they're in play, you get rid of it, and then you go off. But like, yeah. you can't work around rest in peace. You can only hope that you have a nature's claim in hand when rest in peace is, and you have nothing relevant in your graveyard. And then if you get it out of the, out of the board, like then you can do something, but then that spell has to resolve... And then you have to drop stuff and then discard it. Does, Give them a turn. <laughs> does it make you want to switch to something else or does I, it just make you want to cry? Makes you want to cry a lot. All right, all <laughs> right. Especially in Ohio when like all of the decks have like not been playing like there hasn't really been many uh like dark confidant lists. Like the black decks are mm -hmm. okay to play against against stretch. Yeah. Like you can kind of figure out what their hate cards are. Like you can bring in like Yixla Jailer hate or like Ravenous Trap hate or like, you know. Obviously the nature things and, and Ingachu is already in there, but uh like, rest in peace, it's like, you can't answer it out of the current hate pool that they have unless you're playing, like, the big heavy blue list. Yeah, yeah. Are you running any, uh, any mental missteps to force your single, or, or did you not have problems with people mental misstepping your... Missteps are fine. No, I, I, don't, I don't mind about that. Uh, they usually, especially in game two, when, like, all their hate matters, they usually just report about it. Really? They're really, like, cabal therapy. Huh. And nature's, I mean, I guess nature's things is good, but... Yeah. 
I feel like they're bringing in more relevant hate and taking out those kind of sort of media yeah. greekers. So, uh, most importantly, what have you been drinking today? Uh, everything under the sun. Actually, Sprite and Fireball. I didn't think it was going to be that good. <laughs> it sounds terrible. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it sounds awful, but it's it's like a 7 and 7 with cinnamon in it. It's kind of good. Wow. Yeah. All right. It's been, a, it's been okay. You got a quite large cup of that right now. Yeah. That's I can't, I can't lie. I've been savage. We've already, that's the first bottle we've crushed in that room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks for talking to me. I would say good luck, but you've already bombed out. I'm going to so. go cube and get drunk. Awesome. Get Take it easy. Yeah. So, tell me your name. I am Alec Kappas, also known as Baldwin in the world of magic. And what were you playing today, Alec? I was playing Rug Delver. And how did Rug Delver go for you? Really badly. How badly? Um, I ended up two and three, and that was because my last round scooped to me, so I actually only did one and three. Well, I mean, that's the same way I did. Are you saying I did terribly? I think so. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> um, so, what went wrong? I think it was just the meta and the matchups. Um, Rug Delver was really bad against um, how many long decks are here and how many white decks are here. Um, I have a really hard time against uh, the white decks with uh, uh, Restoration Angel kid my butt today. <laughs> and they're just playing dudes with four in the butt and lightning bolts just don't do anything. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. That's actually why Nat thought that might be a good deck choice. Yeah. I think that you played against one shops, right? Or did you play against yes, two shops? Yeah, I played against Nam in my third round. And how'd that go? Because I talked to Nam about it, and I was like, you know, some people say that Rugdale crushes shops. Some people say it's a pretty even matchup. What did you find? Um, one of the biggest reasons why I played Rugdale is because of its shops matchup. Uh-huh. Um, game one was really good. Uh, I just went like turn one Delver. He played some stuff, and I was like, turn two Goyf, and I'm speeding in for six for a couple turns. He starts blowing all my permanents. I get down to. Zero permanence, and he's at three life. Because he's stacking them out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, yeah he's, just, he's just locking out like that. But he didn't have any sphere effects. So I just volcanic out on lightning bolt for the game one win. Game two and game three, he just was just a total blowout. He was just playing permanence, blowing out my mana sources. Yeah. I couldn't draw some lands in game three, and you know, he got it. Knowing what you know now, what the metagame looks like. What would you have brought instead? Red Shops is definitely, it's always played really well for me. Oh, right, because that's your like signature deck. Yeah, is the I, mean, I, I hate Shops, and so I'm pretty much only going to play vintage decks that are good against Shops. Uh-huh. It seems really good in the mirror. Yeah. Um, yeah. Double orders and Fiat you know, Heretics and stuff like that. Sure. So I played Brug Delver. It's been playing really well for me in the past couple of uh, vintage tournaments I've played in. Fair enough. Well, Alec, thank you for talking to me, and uh, I can't wish you good luck at this point, but... Uh, <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> All right, so who are you? I am Jason Perret. All right, and what are you playing today, Jason? Blue-red Landstill. What made you decide on blue-red Landstill? Uh, well, it's kind of the deck that I've been playing a lot recently in Vintage, and I only get to play once every few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's a deck that I know, it's a deck that I like, you know, the play style of. I like being able to, you know, play the control role, but occasionally just go aggro. Do you feel like... Uh, because there's, there's discussion about whether blue-white or blue-red is better. Do you have an opinion on that? I've never played blue-white. I mean, I think white has pretty good removal spells. I could see, you know, if you're playing a, a version of Snapcaster, you could play Source of the Plowshares. Mm-hmm. That could be good in a, in a field with, uh, with creatures. But I felt like, you know, there would be a lot of blue control decks here, and I felt like the, the blue-red matchup is better for the blue control. Fair enough. How have you been doing? I'm good. I'm 2-0. Really? Yeah. How did you do in round one? I... I 
Against all odds, <laughs> I ended up beating the great Jeff Mose. Oh, really? Interviewer extraordinaire. Yeah, yeah, playing Restoration Angel Control. What'd you play in round two? I played the other Mose. Yeah. That Mose, also playing Restoration Angel Control. How'd uh, that go? It was a little bit more uh, interactive because my <laughs> round one opponent uh, got mana screwed continually. Um, it was a little more interactive. We went, it was two and one. Um, first game, he just smashed my face. Second game, I got the Crucible Strip Lock, uh, which eventually got there. And then the third game was pretty interactive. But what ended up happening was he played an early Restoration Angel to try and race me. And I drew all five of my Van Lamps, and I was able to just outrace the previous flyer. Nice. Yeah. You play in four... Four Mistress Factory and one Fairy One Fairy Conclave. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering about that, because you, you beat me down with the Conclave, and I was curious how many you played, because yeah. that, that card always drove me nuts with coming into play tap. Just the Singleton. Just the Singleton. Well... Apparently it got there, and it definitely stomped over me because I couldn't keep it off. <laughs> uh, the flying was really relevant against me because I yeah. couldn't do anything about it with Snapcaster. Right. Even even chump blocking it for a turn. Yeah, it's good when you get in those, um, and it's really good in the mirror as well if you get in those Mistress Factory stalemates. Someone's got a standstill on yeah. it. You know, you drop a flyer and you're yeah. in. Seems really good. Cool. Any idea where you want go to go to dinner tonight? Wow, dinner. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, there are a couple of good places around here. Greenhouse Tavern is really good. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone's mentioned that, or Lolita in Tremont. Yeah, all we've talked about so far is Lolita because they went there last night and apparently had fantabulous hamburgers. Lolita is terrific. I, you can't really beat that as far as the uh, the intersection of value and food quality, <laughs> location, and yeah, it's a good place. Sounds good. All right, well, thank you very much, and good luck. Cool, thank you. My name is Anthony Michaels. Um, a lot of people just call me Twan. Somehow I earned that nickname. I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody actually call you Anthony Michaels. Yeah, it's real world. It's real weird now because I don't answer to Anthony Michaels anymore, <laughs> which is something I'm not used to, unless it's my mother calling me that. Sometimes it's tough because I'll be like looking you up in my phone, and I'll be like, "Where's Twan?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. He's under Anthony Michaels." Yeah. I don't know why. So Anthony, Twan, tell me, what are you playing today? I'm, today I'm playing um, a version of Expresso Stacks, which is two cards difference in a sideboard. Like I'm running Trinosphere today instead of not running Trinosphere. Really? Yeah. Everyone who's over here, there's a huge, like, it's just a ton of combos. Oh, okay. Like that. So that first turn, yeah. and explosive I think quality is better than than grinding out, than drawing it in the late game and having it be dead. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying that out again. Are you playing the Lotus? No, I'm not playing Black Lotus. Okay, okay. And how are you doing? I am 1-1 one, one right now. I lost um, round one to Grixis Control, and uh, round two I won versus Dredge. How did you lose against Grixis? What went wrong? Hercules Recall. Oh, yeah. The, well, bane, the bane of every workshop player. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Are you playing, are you doing the Serum Powder plan? Yeah. And um, I, I chose to run that route today because I noticed there's a lot of burning long, and I'm running the Leyline of Sanctities in the board again today. Really? Yeah. Cool. But I caught the Leyline of the Void for Dismembers, Maze of Is, and more Tabernacles. Mm. Are you worried at all? Because, I mean, I think there's at least three Belcher players in there who all have said so far that they're playing Belcher because they were expecting shots. Yeah. But it's kind of a coin flip match, though. Like, uh, if you go first against the Belcher player... You probably, like, if you have a Thorn and a Chalice, you're uh -huh. probably okay. Uh -huh. But if they go first against you, you have to hope that they mull in game three very aggressively. Yeah, because I think all of them are playing Leyline of Anticipation in, in expectation of having to to be on the draw in game two yeah. and way on the draw. And that's also another reason why I, like, my Leyline of Sanctity might help, too. Yeah, would you bring that in? Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Okay. I think I'm like tangle wires and some other things. Do, do you have a solution against like empty the warrants other than just keeping them from casting it? I have tabernacles in the board instead oh. of ley line of the boys. I figured there's yeah. only going to be like one or two people playing dredge. And right. Right. You, and you beat the dredge player without the ley lines of the void. How'd that yeah. go? Yeah. Yeah, it went well. Um, game two, game one, obviously, I got destroyed. Game two, I had uh, wastelands and grass diggers cages, and then game three, I had um, a hand of just multiple lodestone golems, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I can run this. And I did the math in my head, and I got there. Yeah, I actually got a picture of that of you sort of thumbing your your lodestone golems on the board as he was doing graveyard math, and yeah. uh, and then I had a carn silver golem too in there. Seems cool. All right, thanks and good luck. Thanks. And who might you be? I'm Rick Gideons, and we're on the forums. And what are you playing today? A red-blue dragon Delver deck. Is that World Gorger Dragon and Delver of Secrets? It is Delver of Secrets and Thundermall Hellkite. Oh, okay, okay. How's that going for you? I went 0-2 the first two rounds, uh, but then I've gone 2-0 two two, two since, so... Oh, excellent. Two two. What have you been playing against? Uh, workshops, Belcher, uh, Blue Control, and... Garbage aggro. <laughs> <laughs> Did you beat garbage aggro? No, that was one of the ones I lost to. Really? Yes. I would think that your your fatties would trump his fatties. I wasn't drawing. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's rough. That's rough. So, uh, how have you been performing against those? What were your What were your wins? Um, I went two and one against Belcher. Lost the first game. Won the next two. Uh, workshops. Zero and two. Um, garbage aggro. Zero and two. Two and zero oh against uh, Rugged Over. So your, has your deck been performing as you expected? I've only had it about a week, uh-huh. and test playing back in Columbus, it did really well for me. About 50-50 against most workshops, never lost to Doomsday, and the mirror matchup, so any sort of rug or blue magic, never lost to me, really. What other kind of red stuff do you play in other than the dragons? Four bolts, shock, wheel of fortune. Oh, okay. Um, so, a little bit more control on that side. Is your, casters as well. Is your is your control package very heavy, or is it like a typical like a four force and four force two drain two mana leak? Oh really? Um, two mental misstep and is it charm? Oh awesome! So it's been balanced pretty well. So at two two you can you can win out into prize. I think so. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for talking to us. Thanks, no problem. And who might you be? Uh, I am Jerry Yang. Oh. Nice to talk to you, Jerry. So you, for this tournament, were given a deck by Mark Trogden. Yes. And you specifically did not even register it. No. Register a real split because you wanted to to never see price. Yeah, yeah. And so what are you playing? Uh, Forge Master Shop. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Metal Worker Staff Forge Master. Sure, sure. And how has that been going for you? Pretty shitty. I'm (laughs) (laughs) 2-2. Okay. What what have you played against? Uh, I have played against drunk people and drunker people, right? Yeah, Um, that's pretty much the metagame right now. (laughs) Uh, So last round I just played against uh, an extremely drunk Mr. Mm Nanmo. Very good. Not playing Belcher, so I was able to win. Uh, I was playing um, against... Uh, looks like Tundra dot deck. That's the only card he plays. Ah, awkward. Yeah, it was very awkward. Like, uh, and then uh, before that was um, Stoneforge Mystic. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, Stoneblade. I think yeah. it's called the standard, right? Yeah, yeah, except he's not playing Blaze. He's playing Batter Skull, so yeah. it's more like Stone Scholar. Yeah. Batterforge. Batterblade. Batter. Batter. Yeah. Batterforge. <laughs> So yeah. Did you win against that? No, I completely got that. Really? He had double batter spell by like turn three. And oh, yeah, that seems yeah. real awkward. Yeah, it was really bad. Let's see, and then before that was, and I don't remember round two. 
I think round two was drinking. How much have you been drinking, Jerry? <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, uh, before that was uh, Anthony Michael, so playing Twan. Oh, yeah. Twan, and he was playing uh, his workshop list. Yeah. Uh, How'd the mirror go? Well, he... Because he's playing, he's playing strictly control, and you're playing sort of combo. Yeah, well, I'm playing more aggro and the combo, too. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, Twan had uh, dismembered, and that just blew me up. Oh. Blew away all the creatures and all of it. Yeah, that's real rough. And then round one I played against Blue Red, uh, Thunder Maw. Yeah, that's what, that's what Rick was, was talking about. Yeah. Which seems interesting. It seems yeah, like a real Ohio style brew. Yeah. Real, uh, surprisingly, like, hits real hard at the beginning, and it's actually pretty good when you metamorph it. Go figure. Ouch. <laughs> do you, how many metamorphs do you play? Oh, like there's a, four in the deck. That yeah, card yeah. seems insane. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the last game against that, uh, turn one was Lodestone off of Cavernous Soul. Mm-hmm. And then uh, turn two was rip the workshop and play metamorph and then play metamorph and then the game. Hot. <laughs> how, how much have you been just beating and how much is, like, have you comboed out with metal no, workshop at all? Not yet. Beat. Yeah. In fact, I've only seen metal worker twice. Awesome. What are you drinking? Uh, currently, uh, Hendrix Gin, uh, two drops of lemon juice, and that's it. What else have you been drinking? Uh, every single scotch we've had. Uh, I think there, I'm up to like... There are like a dozen out there. Yeah, I've drank them all. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> What, do you have a favorite? Uh, I brought the Glen Levitt 15. That's probably my favorite. It's mm-hmm. uh, smoother because it's 15 uh, rather than like a 10 or a 12. And Glen Levitt doesn't have a burny aftertaste. Like a little acidic, a little burn. You know how some of the scotches that we have, well, you wouldn't know. But other other people would have tried the, uh, for example, uh, the Cardew. The mm-hmm. Cardew has a very upfront like burn to it when you drink it. And that's a little off-putting for me. So I like the, the smoother, mellower scotches. Cool. Anywhere you're looking forward to to go for dinner? I don't know. We were discussing that actually because 18 people and plus 18 yeah. drunk, rowdy people—it's <laughs> kind of hard to get a table for. Yeah. Uh, so we're thinking about Market Garden Brewery because it's up the street and they have a giant outdoor patio. Oh. So we can be loud and drunk there. Awesome. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to me, Jerry. Thanks. Good luck. <laughs> and so, you sir, who are you? Jay Kilty, garbage aggro on Team Series. And what are you playing today? Is it garbage aggro? It, it is indeed garbage aggro. I'm in fact playing plateau dot deck. Uh, yeah. So, so you, you're straight red white. Yep. This is yep, this is the deck you were talking about that uses shattering blow and that kind of fun mm-hmm. stuff. Yep, yep. And technically there is one blue card. I'm running Phyrexian Metamorph. Oh. Okay. But I have no way to play blue mana. Okay. So, so it's always Phyrexian. <laughs> it's always damage. Yep. So how's that been for you? In, in general, plus the metamorph. Uh, pretty good. It's it's gone back and forth. I, I actually it's pretty good against the expected metagame if there is such a thing. I think the expected metagame is really weird shops and combo. Sure. So no. So the first part all day. Real real shop or uh, weird shop. I'm good with. Yeah. Next, I'm good with. Kind of regular vintage. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with. But there was a lot more combo here today than I thought there would be. Played against Belcher twice. Yeah. I have two losses today. Yeah. Belcher? Those, those things are strongly correlated. I'll say yeah. that much. Yeah. What else have you played against? Um, I played against another creature deck, but with blue in it, um, Noble Fish. Okay. Um, and I beat that. I have Lightning Bolts and Sword. Who's Noble Fish? Hazard. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. And then I just played against uh, Tuan with an Espresso Stack build mm-hmm. um, and Batter Skull plus Main Deck Welders in the non artifact deck do pretty well. So your record is three and two, right? Three and two, but does that put you in the top eight? This was just round five, I think. Is there another round? I think I think I'm in the top eight. I think I just got paired into the top eight. Oh, that's excellent news. I'm so playing against Charles playing. Uh, blue, black, good stuff. Dark confidant. Oh, okay. Restricted list. Okay. Dot, dot, yeah. You feel good about this? Well, we played before the tournament a little bit just to kind of you know shake off the cobwebs, and mm-hmm. I crushed him. Good. And he's been talking a lot of smack today. Uh-huh. In fact, some might say talking. Sh- 
Oh. No. No. And I'm gonna just destroy him. That sounds good. Uh, what have you been drinking? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Whiskey's of various, various stripes. I've had a fair amount of rye. I had, I tried a couple of the different scotches that we've had. I brought rye with me though in bitters, so I've made a couple uh, old fashions as described on earlier. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Serious cast for people. And I uh, and I tried the uh, the gin that um, some of the other guys have talked about. It's really good. Oh, cool. I think cool. Ransom. Excellent. Really good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we can cut this short, and you can go in and stomp Charles. So thanks for talking. I do really want to cut him. He's been talking so. My name is Nam Tran. And what are you playing today? I am playing Tuan Espresso Stacks. Are you playing like literally same Tuan Espresso Stacks complete with no Trinisphere or yeah, no Black Lotus? No Lotus or Trinisphere. I haven't really had much time to research the vintage scenes because I haven't really played too much recently. So I just took something that's been doing well, something I felt comfortable with in playing, and that's why I sleeved up today. Because you know Tuan actually is playing with Trinisphere today. He's oh. like going back on everything he said and playing Trinisphere. Yeah, I was looking at the random pissing needle in the main deck, and I thought it could be Black Lotus or Trinisphere, but yeah. or a couple of other things. So I decided to just run with it and see what happens. And how has it been going for you? It's going okay. I'm two and one. I lost to a oh burning long combo deck in the first round, but after that I beat you actually playing Blue-White Restoration Angel and... Fancy that! And I beat Alan playing Rugged over last round. So I know that Tuan included the Trinisphere to defend against combo burning long decks. Did you see the Pising Needle when you were playing against them? And they're like, this could be a Trinisphere right now. No, I didn't see the Pising Needle. It didn't really matter in my first round because I lost the dice roll and Jimmy just went Orchard Mock Oath. So I tried to <laughs> try to combat against that, but ultimately failed. And then game two, he boarded into Lab Man, and I, I didn't really have any way to circumvent that from winning him the game. So I don't think the transfer would have been super relevant in either case there, but that's a small sample set. You said you beat Delver in round three, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how'd that go? Because I know I've heard that there's a lot of Personally, I've heard people saying both that Shops is a hard matchup for Delver or Delver crushes Shops. Yeah, I haven't actually played that matchup yet, and Alec was seem real upset when I beat him because he said that the matchup should be heavily in his favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, game one was kind of rough. He started off with a Delver and then a quick Tarmogoyf, and I ended up wiping his board. And I had a board presence but no spheres, so he dropped me down to three, and he just... Top deck, Volcanic Island, and Lightning Bolt. Did you wipe him with a, uh, a smoke deck? Smoke deck, yeah. yeah. That's what I found in that matchup. That's why it's interesting to me because um, Rug Delver relies on its bolts to keep shops off the board, but when you have permanent uh, permanent uh, threats like Crucible or Stacks that their Lightning Bolts don't work against, they mm-hmm. sort of really hurt. Yeah. And that was your experience? So far, yeah. I mean, they do have cards like Tarmogoyf, which are kind of a pain, but as long as you have Tangle Wires and Smokestacks, like, you can always play around this. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Sounds great. All right, thanks for talking to me. Thanks. So, who are you? Randall Witherell, a.k.a. Icy Triskillian. And what are you playing today? Burning Wish Belcher. What made you... Sam was also playing Burning Wish Belcher. I mean, not Burning Wish Belcher, oh. he was playing Red Black Belcher. What made you decide to play Belcher today? The only deck that can play drunk. Oh, well, that makes me... Yeah, that's really good. I play better drunk. Yeah. Many, many, many hours testing. How are you doing? One and one. What'd you win against? What'd you lose against? Belcher. I won against Belcher. <laughs> yes, I tailored the mirror match, and I lost to Stoneforge because I couldn't read my opponent's cards. Oh, what happened? 
I probed that scene he had. Yeah, yeah, it's too much to drink, basically. Yeah, I'm on number, I don't know what number I'm on right now. I detected and probed him, didn't realizing he had Steel Sabotage and played Belcher into Steel Sabotage. Oh! But oh. that was after I detected and probed and street raped for 12. Wow, that seems pretty good. Yeah. Hmm. And he played Snapcaster and Speedy. That's rough. How was the Belcher mirror? Pretty good. Was it just like whoever won the, the die roll or? Oh, he run the die roll and he, uh, wheeled the fortune and then memory charge and then sputtered up. Ouch. And then I played some cards and two wheel of fortune again and then got my enough mana to where I got my one last, last red mana source to play and to win. Alright, thank you, Randall. And who might you be? Eric Butler. Nice to talk to you, Eric. What are you playing today? Same thing I always play, which is blue white, Stone blade, like there's no blade, stone skull. Yes, yes. How have things been going for you? Good so far. First round was Belcher, second round. Did you beat Belcher? Yeah. I have, quite, I have a decent amount of permission on the main. Oh, okay. And game three, he didn't read that I had still sabotage after he could take Oh, right. I think, yeah, we talked to Randall about yeah, that one. Was, I don't know what he happened there. He just didn't read it? Yeah, I laid out my hand and just left it there. Because when he said that he didn't read a card right, I thought he meant that there was a proxy error or something. No, it's a, but it's it's just, a non-proxy, actually. It's a real steel sabotage. I just, he just pulled it out of my hand because he turned one from me, and I just was like, well, you know, if you got it, you got it. And then he didn't play it. Next turn, he played Belcher, sabotaged it. Next turn, he played Belcher, Snapcaster, still sabotaged it. That's real awkward. Yeah. Oh, it worked. So you beat Belcher, and then round two? Round two, I played against whatever Jerry's playing. Oh, yeah, he's Drops playing Forge Master Shops, and he said you trounced him. Well, that was the only match in three tournaments where I've gotten actually two batter schools on play at the same time, which is pretty good versus Shops. Satisfying? Yeah. <laughs> I put in Tinker today, and really? that took game one real quickly. Do, do you have a real bob, or do you tinker for batter skulls? No, I, I put a blood seal in. Oh, okay. I cut the two card wind cons I used to run. So I used to have Vault Key. Rest in peace, Helm, and I was getting a little little janky. Too many one-ups that I draw and wait for the other piece. So uh-huh. I, I cut that, left the rest in peace in because it's just good versus comical. So you're playing rest in peace main? Yeah, one rest in peace main with an enlightened tutor to find it. Oh, nice. And then supplementing the mystical tutor in that works for the tinker, constantly finding enlightened if I need a chain to a rest in peace, I guess. Sure. <laughs> mystical tutor for enlightened tutor for rest I, in peace. Seems super Ohio style. I've done crappier. I've converted <laughs> scroll for a tutor to get something on top to wait a turn to play it. Sometimes you have to turn to glitch into zero one. The, one. the so best one is where you merchant scroll for mystical with the intent to get tinker. <laughs> then things go wrong and you end up mysticaling for ancestral. Uh, like, yeah. This was the wrong way to go. That's about my backup because I don't really know what to get whenever I tutor in vintage periods. So yeah. when in doubt, get recall and hope my hand just explains it to me. What did you do three and four? Round three was against uh, Jimmy. And I didn't know what he was playing after the first game because he just dropped a Forbidden Orchard and kind of, he had a mole five. Uh-huh. And I turned one and got a batter swap and beat him to death. In game two, I guess he mulled a six and had a real awkward hand of some mana sources and I countered most and owed and something else. I think he's playing burning. Stupid burning long yeah. jumps. Yeah, whatever. Something. I don't Those know. Those guys. I have counter spells and batter spells. So. <laughs> and then I guess round four, we uh, intentionally drew with Volko. Oh, nice. Played two practice games. I did get them both. Nice, nice. One nice. was a batter skull on a Blade Steel Colossus. That's pretty savage. Oh, real Best friends forever. <laughs> what have you been drinking? I uh, started the day with a white Russian. 
oversized. That was the big one, right? Yeah, it was a eight to ten ouncer. Ouch. Since then, I've mostly been um, destroying the cookies. Cool. And dipping the chocolate cookies in the white Russian. All I'm right. The day. Good luck in the rest of the day. Thank you very much for talking to me. So, who are you? My name is Sam Crollo. Okay. And what are you playing today? I'm playing basically Red Black Belcher. Interesting. Why did you decide to play Belcher? I kind of assumed a lot of people would be playing Shops. Because it is Ohio and stuff? Because we're in Ohio. Yeah. So, turn one, I can usually just load the board or win against Shops. And I play Leon in anticipation of the board. Oh, really? Do the same. Have you pulled shit off yet? I did. It wasn't against Shops. It was against Jake playing Aggro. And... I actually didn't even need it. But I, I ended up playing Necro on my turn, and then in my end step, through Leyline, I won. Or I got Leyline, or I got empty for over 20 goblins. Oh. Because I already stormed during my turn. Uh-huh. Nice. So it, it worked out pretty good there. How are you doing so far? This is round, this is after round two, yep. so. I lost round two to Jimmy McCarthy playing Burning Long. We both mulliganed to five game one, and it was pretty awful. And game two, he ended up. We mulligan. I think we both mulligan to six, and he ended up wheeling exactly in the memory jar, and then, or no, we wheeled exactly into Mind's Desire, and then exact, er, got memory jar off of that, and then got the win out of that. So I just got the break. lucky. Turn one, I played empty for eight goblins, and I almost got there. One more turn, and I lost. Well, that's sometimes the way it goes. But you're still in this, unlike me, who is now zero two. What are you playing? Oh, you're, yeah, you're playing yeah. Restoration yeah. Angel Control. Yeah. At least Nat's doing well with it. Is he 2-0? Uh, I think that he's finishing up his second match, but he won match one. Okay. Let's see. Where do you want to go to dinner this evening? I don't... I've never been to Cleveland before. Really? This is your first time? My first time in Cleveland. Well, we got a lot of Cleveland experienced people, so uh, I don't actually know where we're going either, but I guess we'll find out. Last night we went to Lolita? Oh, yeah. Jerry said the burger was phenomenal. It was really good. I had mussels for the first time and bone marrow for the first time. Really? They were both delicious. Neato. So, what's your name? Charles Wilco. Ah, Charles. What have you been playing today? Crixus Control, based on Mark Lanagher's list from World. Oh, okay. And uh, how's that been going for you? Pretty good. I uh, liked everything he did with the deck. I took out a mental for the metagame and added a Chase the Mind Sculptor to increase the threat density. Changed the sideboard a little bit around for Cleveland for the Workshops meta. Has <laughs> that, that worked out well for you? So far, I only got to play Quan, so not not really too much. He just played a lot of spheres and locked himself out of the game, and I proceeded to play Jason Mind Sculptor for like eight mana. That seems awkward for him. Um, you just won in top eight, so you'll be heading on to top four, correct? Looks that way. I'm going to be the fairest of the unfair blue decks, it seems. I'm going to be playing Grixis against Menindian Long and at least a copy of Goblin Charbulture. Sweet. Uh, how'd you beat Red White Hate Bears? Game one, I forced an interaction where he had to weld out my time bolt for my Black Lotus, which allowed me to cast Jace and unsummon his Goblin Alder. The following turn, he was able to recast Goblin Alder, but that turn, I was able to cast the Yoggamoth's Will and assemble Bulky and take infinite turns. Nice. And in game two, he extended double bolt on my first Jace. I followed it up with a second one that he also bolted. I followed that up with a pressured Mystical Tutor for Will and was able to my entire deck back into play, essentially. Awesome. Alice is only to me the spirit guide out of the game. Cool. So yeah, that would be putting you against Jimmy, I think, in the next round. Probably. Um, so our chances there are probably about 40 <laughs> in favor 60, probably. <laughs> what uh, what else did you face in the Swiss? What was your record in the Swiss? 302. We ID'd in the last two. Oh, uh, nice. Played against workshops, against Swan in round one and won 2-0. Uh, round two, I played against Solly on Indian Long and won 2-1. Game one and three were... Blowout. Game two, he 
killed me on turn one. I didn't do anything. Uh, Decent pair on land spells. Oh, how'd that go? Really I mean, interesting. Uh, one. Game one uh, is clearly a big fight over all the counter spells. I drain, he forces, I fluster storm, he fluster storms back, I fluster storm back again, <laughs> win the fluster storm more over Yagamoth will unresolve my entire discard pile, which was about 30 cards deep, including Lotus and three or four mocks, and then he eat away at one point in the game. <laughs> so I get to recast my entire deck basically and go off. Uh, game two, we win fairly, and game three, I win in turns after being able to cast again, fluster storm, fluster storm, and then in response, so that after that resolves, he tries to counter it again with Mana Drain. I spin Sensei's Divining Top and find my one of Pyroblast from the board. And Pyroblast is Drain. Oh! Wow. Nice. What'd you play in round three? Or that was round three. round three. And then you just threw in. Round four and five, we ID'd in against awesome. Eric Butler on Stoneforge Control and against uh, Jimmy on Minute Deal Long again. Awesome. Well, uh, have you been drinking at all today? Nope. Oh, so you've been keeping sober and beating up on the drunk guys. There you go. Excellent. Excellent. Well, best of luck in top four, and, uh... There you go. There you go. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm Jimmy McCarthy. I guess LHC most places. Hi, Jimmy. Uh, so what were you playing today? I am playing Steve Menendian's, like, Burning Long deck. Is it? Is it? Card for card? Yeah. I am playing 74 cards of what he played last time he was in Ohio. Who would you switch? Uh, I cut a, I cut the third Shattering Spree on the board, so I only have 10 dedicated workshop slots on the board <laughs> uh, for a thought to you. So I had one card I can bring in in every other matchup. Ah, uh, sounds good. And how has it been going for you? Uh, I am in the top four due to some rather serious misplays by my opponent who gifted me the game three in the top eight there. Yeah, Nam was looking kind of depressed there. Yeah, it started very bad when he played a smokestack and then he chose not to ramp it the next turn against my Orchard Mox, or my Orchard uh, Mana Crypt Oath in play. Oh. That's so good. And then a couple turns later when he neglected to stack his second creature, so I got to Oath again and win. Oh. Well, that seems bad. Um, yeah. What, what have your other matchups been? Uh, obviously, obviously, we just finished top eight, yeah. but how'd you do in Swift? Uh, let's see, the first round I played Sam with Belcher, which is just dumb. Uh, and <laughs> we both mulled the It's five, dumb, but who won? We both mulled the five game one. I got to oath because like, I kept a hand that was two orchards and two oaths, and then I oathed and killed him. And then game two, I was dead on board to nine tokens, including one from my orchard. So I managed to uh, top deck Wheel of Fortune into exactly mana for Desire for. That's right. He was memory he was, jar into exactly mana for demonic burning wish Yogwill. He was not psyched about that. No, he was unhappy, and I don't blame him because I top deck my <laughs> Wheel of Fortune out of topic, back to that. and then I got there an exact mana three times. Have you have you felt like you've had some harebrained victories or of most of your? Um, no, it's either, been, it's either been, oh cool, I got turn one oath, and then I get Gristlebrand, and then I draw 14 cards and pass. <laughs> and a game of that, I drew 14 cards, and like, yeah, I'll play a Chrome Mox, and I will discard five cards. <laughs> There's no mana. This is fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but I mean, the deck is, it reminds me of the Tyrant Oath deck from back in the day, really? like the Gush Oath deck, and that it's, it's a pretty crappy Oath deck, and it's <laughs> a pretty crappy combo deck, but like, you get games where you draw some of each where you're like, yeah, cool, I'll play Forbidden Orchard Mox Burning Wish. <laughs> and then you'll like play a spell and they'll counter it. And then you'll play a second Forbidden Orchard and get another spell countered. And then you kind of die to tokens. Fun times. And that sucks. And then you have other games where you're like, yeah, City of Breath, Mox, 
both of Druid. <laughs> well, I guess I'm not doing anything. But at least it's uh, gotten you at least two fourths of wills at this point. Yeah, if you get the right half, if you're like Orchard Mocked Oath, boom, you kind of win all those games. And Good times. You turn one kill Dredge, which I got to do, you win those games too. Nice. So you have, I don't know, I actually am not very familiar with the deck. Oh, it yeah. has no Dredge board? No, f no. Dredge? That's, <laughs> you just killed him. I mean, it's a turn two combo deck. Uh, you're basically running, you're basically running like long, like Grimlong style, yeah. except for that part of your combo. You yeah. also just have four Oath of Druids and two Gristlebrands. Fair enough. That's just tinker for bargain. Sure. But yeah, otherwise you're just straight up long. So I mean, you don't really need an Oath board when you kill on turn How two. much of your, how many of your wins have been Oath, and how many of your your wins have been just like uh, long, go up and tendril them? I I think I've won more with oaths just because I've drawn a lot more oath hands. Mm -hmm. And I mean, oath is really easy to win with. Yeah, yeah. Like totally. when you draw Gristlebrand, and I mean, those wins tend to be, I kill them with combo out, but it's really an oath win. Yeah, yeah. But so, I've, I've only had a couple where I won without oathing, basically. Most importantly, what have you been drinking today? I've been taking it easy, so I've just been on beer. Oh, okay. I've been doing some of the uh, Conway something, the um, Great Lakes. Irish Ale, which is pretty good. As a Wisconsinite, I figured I would buy some local beer. And the gas station we went to was like, all right, so we could get one of seven Bud products, one of seven Miller products, or Great Lakes. I was like, all right, I guess I'll buy a Great Lakes product. I Sounds all right. Miller Light at home. All right. Thanks, Jimmy, for talking with us. And good luck. First of all, who are you? Oh, you're recording right now? Yes, Mike I am. All right, and what are you playing today, Mike? Uh, I'm playing a variation of Menendian's uh, Burning Long deck, which really is anyone's Burning Long deck. Uh, I just don't like the HP, so I'm not playing them. What are you playing instead? Uh, I just have a whole bunch of different artifact removal at different costs. I have uh, one Steel Sabotage, I have two Nature's Claims, because I want to be able to blow up uh, the Null Rod Enchantment. I have, I have an Ancient Grudge, because I think everyone that's not running that card when they can cast it right now is ridiculous. And uh, two extra Hercules when he calls in the sideboard. Mm. Mm -hmm. And how has that been going for you? Not too well. Uh, I played Dulcer twice. <laughs> that was good. So I played. Well, I know you you beat the first one I because because we, we talked to uh, to Zach earlier. I did. Uh, I played Belcher twice. The first time, first time I beat him. The second time, uh, I played a Necro and could kill him. And Randall drew a Memory Jar and naturally found Lotus off in Memory Jar. <laughs> I don't think Belcher loses when they draw Lotus with any amount of cards in their hand ever. <laughs> and then uh, game two, I actually had Mind Break Shots on my sideboard because I expected a lot of uh, combo here and yeah. to fight through that. You need some interaction. And, I've, I've heard uh, of quite a few people saying that they expected a decent amount of combo, and I think that that came true. Yeah, I I had a board state in game. Two against Randall, that was my uh, break trap, my break trap, Yawpaw's bargain in hand, Lotus, Talarian Academy, and City of Breath, waiting to just draw any artifact, any ritual, any man source. I counted uh, 26 active draws to just play bargain. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was trying to, like, Herbal's recall him whenever he was trying to belch me because he was he knew about the mind break trap, so he was playing the belcher and then trying to. Yeah. And eventually I had to crack the Lotus to. Uh, Hit the first belcher and naturally drew the second belcher a couple of turns later, and I just didn't draw mana, so I lost that one. I've also Great. played against Restoration Angel Control. Oh, so yes, there are two of those here today. Yeah, I played against Restoration Angel Control, and then played against Grixis, which is my testing. Now, granted, I've only tested against one of the decks I've played against today because you know this is Ohio. <laughs> right. Play as much as they want. Yeah, dude, but, we have uh, we we have you are Dragon Delver. 
Dragon being Hellkite, Thunderbolt Hellkite. Yeah, I saw that. That's the Ohio stylist of the <laughs> Ohio style here. But I uh, played against a pretty stock Grixis control deck, and in my testing, it's ridiculously in my favor. But uh, mulliganed and then wheeled him into the triple counter spell time walk hand. That was rough. Sends the brakes on draw sevens, man. It happens. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't get Flusterstorm, so I can't really complain because that was my biggest fear is just draw sevens my opponent until like Flusterstorm snap count. Uh -huh. And that hasn't happened? But uh, it hasn't happened yet. I don't know. We have one more round. I'm pretty sure a 3 2 can make it. So Cool, cool. What have you been drinking? Uh, I actually had a lot of Yingling, which we have Spotted Cow in Wisconsin. So like, I, I drink Spotted Cow, which is a, just a record in there. Yeah. I drink a lot of Spotted Cow, but I bought some Yingling. That was good. Um, and then uh, I can't remember. I remember Chapel on the last podcast, Twan said, recommended this gin. So I've been drinking a little bit of that. So the watershed? Or is this um, the uh, something else? I'm trying to remember. It, it was a darker gin. And then he has, uh, I, I want to say he has some, uh, I can't even remember the name of it now, but uh, a lot of gin, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you get better when the drunker you are or no. worse? Oh, okay. No. Okay. No, I actually quit drinking for about six years until I moved recently, and then I uh, started drinking a little bit, but I uh, don't drink heavily anymore, so. But today's a special day. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. A weekend is a special day now, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for talking to me today, Sally. Good luck. Well, it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Serious Vintage. I'm Jeff Mose. I'm Nat Mose. And I'm Jerry Yang. And we hope you'll join us next time for more Serious Vintage. Bye. Bye. <laughs> take a little trip. Take a little trip. Take a little trip and see. Take a little trip. Take a little trip. Take a little trip with me. All right, so I hope that one got recorded okay.